I'm Shanna Paxton. And I'm Jeff Gibson. And we are the, the movie, movie lovers. lovers. Welcome, Welcome to the official <laughs> podcast of the Gibson Review. In this episode, it is our film phase episode. It's a very scary episode. Yeah, it's Halloween week. So this is our third of our our three-episode arc that we do now. Uh, since we made some changes to the podcast uh, schedule, now it's weekly. And it is Halloween week. So, this Happy episode... Happy Samhain and Dia de los Muertos. As a result, we are going to be celebrating with our favorite horror movies. Now, for those who may not know, Film Faves is inspired by uh, features that used to be on the blog, where we count down our 12 favorite movies around a particular topic. The idea is to give you a sense of our taste in film, but also hopefully expose you to some titles that maybe you've heard of and haven't seen or just never heard of and uh, hopefully you'll be able to catch to that end we point you in the direction of what streaming services these films are available on the streaming services we focus on because there's so many out there are amazon prime hulu disney plus netflix and hbo max Okay, so if any of our picks end up on the, those streaming services currently, we'll let you know. Otherwise, most of the time you can rent on Amazon or, or Apple. Apple TV seems Correct. to be a popular one. Accurate. So, horror, horror. This is a whole genre we are focusing on. We've done horror of the decade before when we were marching through and wrapping up the decade in 2019, I think it was. Uh, but we've never done the entire genre. I think we might have done horror sequels or something like that before, but never the entire genre, regardless. So it's a bit broad. That includes everything. That, that's, uh, you know, horror comedies, supernatural horror, slasher films, the whole gamut, okay? So there's, there's a lot to consider with this <laughs> genre. It was, it was a big one. Uh, Shanna, was did you did you find challenges with how broad this was? Was it difficult for you to pare down to just twelve, or are you just incredibly particular about your horror? You know what was really interesting is, I thought this was going to be a difficult list, but I ended up with something like twenty four different movies, mm -hmm. and I'm really hoping that I made this list properly mm. because right now. This very second, I realized one is missing from here. So <laughs> I had to make a quick change. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, did you also have any in your 12 favorite movies of all time that you had to leave off? No. No? Okay. I mean, I hope not. <laughs> I have some in reserve if I come across that. Did I, you run into that? Just one. Apparently, oh, yes. apparently my favorite horror yeah. film of all time isn't what people would typically think of when they think of horror, mm -hmm. but it is Steven Spielberg's Jaws from 1975. Now, mm -hmm. that said, uh, so everything is kind of second to that, but that said, there are five other movies on my list that are a part of my hundred favorite movies of all time, and I'll, I'll get, we'll get to that eventually, mm -hmm. but... I found it really difficult. Like, I I created a list of movies that I enjoy the most or love. And it was it was a lot to try to, to weed out, you know? Like, yeah, I had five already locked and loaded from my 100 favorite movies of all time list. But then there was, like, seven others. That means I could only fit seven more movies onto my list. Mm -hmm. And... That was that was difficult. That was difficult for me. And also surprisingly, you know, I mentioned how we tried to point people in the direction of what streaming services these movies are available on. And I was surprised with the season and everything. There's only two of my films that are available on subscription services right now. Mm -hmm. Did you have a lot um, of yours that, that are available? Well, yes. So... <laughs> I'm looking there's like two mistakes on my horror list right now and I don't know I don't know what happened there uh so my list as it stood before we sat down to record <laughs> <laughs> you know it's the horror month so what's kind of cool is we have Halloween yeah and HBO has a Halloween section and even Disney has their little Halloween section yeah nothing too crazy though yes I think like, Hulu which I, I think I forgot to mention earlier Hulu mm -hmm. has the best 
curation. Oh, it or, seems that way. Yeah. So as far as things being available, there's maybe it's not a lot. Is it uh, more than two? Uh, yes, it is. It's about okay. four. About four of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, if my list had stayed without me forgetting things, it would have been six. <laughs> uh, so I think the re- I, my favorites are not typically available. Mm, yeah. Interesting. And also, I was looking at like what what dominates what kinds of horror dominates my my favorites and part of me because I'm squeamish. I part of me expected it to be like horror comedies and there's definitely horror comedies in in my list for sure. Maybe it makes up half of my list, but I don't know if I could say that particular subgenre dominates the list and mm. I I don't know. It's not like slasher films or or monster movies or vampire films or anything like that particularly dominate my list per se was there anything any style of horror that you noticed kind of or is it also kind of a hodgepodge for you i think it's a hodgepodge okay i'm seeing more and more mistakes with my list really (laughs) i feel like such a failure right now see aren't you glad i'm doing this preamble (laughs) so you have all this time to just like scramble what happened to this list oh man anyway well um so your question was, is it a mix? I prefer horror comedy. You do? It okay. makes me feel better. When we were trying to go through and I had like, I don't know where the 25 movie list went. Oh, no. It's apparently nowhere oh, to be no. found, which explains why this list is a little not right. There were actually so many options that I enjoyed because it wasn't just, uh, what is it called? Like on the hill or wax wax house or music whatever Mm. um or texas chainsaw massacre it's Mm -hmm. not just about those and then the friday the 13th and the Mm -hmm. freddy krueger is about it and the ring Mm -hmm. which absolutely destroyed me for like it still has (laughs) destroyed Mm me so i i definitely lean towards the comedy side of things and then it looks like i lean towards you know what's what's real life horror Mm. um which can can be draining but i like when there's when they're using much like how they how people use the superhero genre i like when horror as a genre is being used to say something about society so yeah so i either go comedy legendary horror (laughs) or what's what's making commentary you know that's actually a really good point it reminds me i when i was growing up and horror had a huge uh boon in the 80s and and early 90s i remember specifically preferring stephen king movies for that very reason where it actually was about a story and it wasn't just about slicing and dicing yeah but interestingly enough I don't think any Stephen King movies made my list, which is very uh, surprising. One almost made my list. Oh. And then I see here, it's a mistake. Mm. <laughs> well, are you able to at least tell us probably the mo- one of the most difficult <laughs> positions in your entire list, what your 12th favorite horror film is? So something that I don't think we really talked Oh Well, you mentioned how you're squeamish, so body horror movies are probably not going to feature on your list is Mm. that right i yeah i think that's probably accurate yeah so speaking of body horror Titan is my number 12 no kidding yeah this is a a really great film it's you know like so you like this more than raw by julia de yes i do yes i do absolutely i i really prefer this one i think this one's you know, both of them are very interesting. And that's the thing. What's surprising about horror to me is if it's interesting, then I'm into it, mm. you know? Mm. So Tatan is following a series of unexplained crimes. A father is reunited with the son who has been missing for 10 years. And it is a spoiler-heavy film. If you watch the trailer, it's very interesting and beautifully shot of course because you know that's Mm. what she does with her team and it stars vincent linden and agatha roselle and this is one of those where it does have commentary Mm. on 
a woman's experience mm. and it's just brilliant and bizarre and terrifying but also interesting and that is my number 12 to ton huh fascinating fascinating that explains why you're pushing me to try to squeeze that in before we recorded we well, did not get to though. what sucks about this is no one in my immediate circle uh, has watched this or is going to watch this and you can watch it because guess what it's on hulu there you go. <laughs> My 12th favorite. Again, I mentioned this is probably the most difficult uh, uh, placement mm-hmm. in the entire list because it's all about, okay, you have one more shot. What are you going to squeeze into the list? Which movie are you going to choose? And if you have 20, 30 movies to choose from that you love, mm. like it, it could be very difficult. So what what I did, though, was I I went with Interview with a Vampire from 1994. Oh. Okay, yeah. Uh, this is the film based on Anne Rice's novel. Apparently, that novel now has a TV series that just uh, launched recently. I have not caught up with that yet. But it stars Brad Pitt, Kirsten Dunst, and Tom Cruise, principally. I think also Antonio Banderas and Stephen Fry, I believe, was also in it. I just really, you know, this movie came out when I was like maybe 14-ish and I thought it was sumptuous and like Mm. beautiful and really cool, very gothic, you know, and and a very different look at vampires. It's much, much closer and akin to another pick I'll speak to later Mm. in, in the vampire lore. But uh, I thought it was really cool because you also get like some sort of lore of how people like how transformation into a vampire works when uh, Tom Cruise turns Brad Pitt. No spoiler, really. It's like right there on the trailer and stuff. Brad Pitt's a vampire. Uh, But it is it tracks these characters over like, I don't know, a hundred, a couple hundred years and I just thought it was a really, really cool film, really beautiful film. And I've always loved it. And, and it was actually the first film that convinced me that there's more to Tom Cruise than Top Gun. So mm, okay. I love Interview yeah. with a Vampire from 1994. It's my 12th favorite horror film. My number 11 is also an interesting one. It's Annihilation. Oh, an interesting choice. Sci-fi yeah. horror. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, why wouldn't I <laughs> grab something from over there? Uh-huh. A biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply. It stars Natalie Portman, uh, Tessa Thompson, Jennifer Jason Lee, mm-hmm. and Sonoya Mazuna. Hmm. Just to name a few. Uh, Oscar Isaac is in here too, which I forget about. Right, yeah. And apparently Benedict won, which I'm like, I, oh, yeah, don't, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember who he is He's in the one that's being interviewed in the very beginning. Like, what happened? Oh. Well, that's right. Okay, yeah. now I remember. Uh, directed by Alex Garland. I, I prefer this out of all the Alex Garland films, I believe. <laughs> you, so, you mean you like this more than men? I, you know what? That's also like a contender, isn't it? Because <laughs> it's a little horrifying too. I mean, if you love I it. I don't think I can watch it again, oh. you know. But Annihilation is great. It's got great performances. I think it's very interesting. And every time I watch it, I notice something different. Or hmm. I, I try so hard to figure this film out. It's a very tricky one to figure out. It's a bit on the Kubrickian end of the uh, horror spectrum, isn't it? Oh, I guess so. You know, because it's, it's a little more on the highbrow horror kind of realm thing. It's not so much about the shocks and the gore and the scares. No, it's kind of like it pulls you. It's one of those pull you in mm. kind of kind of things. Yeah, that's a very interesting pick. My ninth favorite. We're going to get into the movies that scared the shit out of me <laughs> for a little bit Great. here. Because there are there are a couple that people are like, why do you like that movie? I was like, well, because it's actually one that scares the shit out of me, and it's good. You know, I actually don't like. I enjoy watching it. I don't, uh, you know, it's anyway. a good scare. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some movies where it's like, yeah, this is unpleasant. This is straight up unpleasant. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not having a good time. The, these <laughs> like these straight up scare me. And and the first one is uh, Paranormal Activity from 2009. Oh, goody. You will not catch me watching that. Yeah, well, because it, it the name itself suggests something that you're not a fan of in horror, right? Mm-hmm. You don't like paranormal horror, supernatural mm-hmm. horror. 
uh, even though Ghostbusters is one of your favorite movies it's of all time. Huh? It is a comedy sector. Yeah, okay. it is. Right. Paranormal <laughs> Activity, very much not, even though there's, you know, some funny bits here and there. Uh, this film, Whatever. I remember... Oh, every once in a while, yes, between the couple. But <clears throat> this is a movie that I saw in the theater, and oh my God, I every time the camera cut to that low rumble... And it was it was nope. like oh the nighttime scenes where they're in bed. I was like oh my god, oh my god, what's going to happen? <laughs> and uh, and it, it progresses right. It's it's crafted so it progresses each time. It gets worse and worse. And it got to a point I distinctly remember thinking I don't know if I can handle what's going to happen next. It's it's oh my god. And it was very nail biting and and thrilling. And um, yeah, like it, it's it's got the trope where. You 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 have the likable woman and you, the guy who's kind of a dick who's kind of egging on the situation. It has that in it, but it's very effective. It's one of the few great found footage films I think that actually works. It, the franchise was run into the ground. I did not watch all those movies, but I do love the original. That's Paranormal Activity, my 11th favorite horror film from 2009. That's a really good point. I think sometimes if Ahara is too successful... <laughs> people will run it into the ground. Oh, absolutely. That's, and, you know, you could make a list about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> there's so many. Mm-hmm. My next one is Get Out. A young African-American visits his white mm. girlfriend's parents for the weekend where his simmering uneasiness about their reception of him eventually hits a boiling point. Mm. Again, this is a spoiler uh, type film, and it's better if you know nothing about it and you just trust me and you go watch it. Uh, it speaks to real-life horrors, so it, it hits that fun element fun element for me i think it's a responsible use of horror genre Mm. so that's what i like about it Mm -hmm. it stars daniel kalua amazing then we've got allison williams bradley whitford katherine keener we've got lakeith stanfield and i was very amused with lil rel howry's uh awesome performance and this is directed by jordan peele so Mm -hmm. his debut yeah you know I, I love his films, but this is probably my favorite one of his, and I believe this is available on HBO. Okay, so for me, the next film that scared the crap out of me that made my <laughs> list is 1990s horror comedy, Arachnophobia. Oh, that's a that's a great choice. That's really great. Directed by Frank Marshall, who's a, kind of a, a, a partner of Steven Spielberg, longtime partner. He made his own films as well. Stars Jeff Daniels, who uh, one of my favorite actors of all time. John Goodman has a supporting role in it, and uh, there's so, several other uh, people who appear in the film. This is about a South American newly discovered arachnid that gets accidentally transported to small town America and it it breeds and starts spreading throughout the town and killing people along the way scares the crap out of me because I am an arachnophobe and it but the thing is about the movie is it really taps into that very effectively the nice thing is it has humor to kind of cut the tension from time to time some of that comes through with John Goodman's character some of it comes through some of the interactions with the townsfolk but I've always I this is kind of a, almost a forgotten film, partially because a lot of people don't like to watch a movie that's about spiders. But I think it's a it's a great one of its kind. It's uh it's it's the Jaws of Spider movies, if you yeah. will. You know. Well, how old were you when you watched that? Uh, enough for it to really have an effect on me. I was roughly around ten years old. Okay, it I was, only saw the shower scene when I was about eight. Okay. There is only one moment I remember distinctly. My mom walking out of the room. I remember distinctly, (laughs) like just kind of hovering between rooms, and because I, I was like, I don't, I don't want to see, I don't want to see what's about to happen. And that, that, that moment was early on in the film. But uh, yeah, Arachnophobia, nineteen ninety, my tenth favorite horror film. All right, my next one is from nineteen sixty. Ooh, the oh, you're kicking it back. (laughs) Nice. It's psycho. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so it makes sense. A Phoenix secretary embezzles $40,000, and I always forget about that part, from her employee's client and goes on the run and checks into a remote hotel run by a young man under the domination of his mother. This is an Alfred Hitchcock movie. It's one of it's the, first, the very first movie that we watched together. 
who knew that I would say this is a horror film that is dear to my heart? <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. It's black and white, so it, you know, mm-hmm. it helps me with that. Mm. Uh, it stars Anthony Perkins, Janet Lee, Vera Miles, and John Gavin, just to name a few. And the score is awesome and mm. iconic. Absolutely. Yeah. That's an excellent pick. I'm also going to kick it back with my ninth pick to 1954. The Creature from the Black Lagoon, my favorite of the original Universal Monster uh, movies, uh, Universal Studios Monster Movies. I did an article that went through and reviewed all of these. You can find that on thegibsonreview.com as well as more in-depth thoughts about this film. But I think there's some excellent uh, craftsmanship in the filmmaking in terms of how we don't really see the creature for quite some time. I think it's interesting that this is the the one Universal monster movie that's kind of set in it's a little more contemporary. It kind of deals with what sort of things should science and, and the, the, uh, the, the pursuit of discovery, uh, where's the line where uh, after a certain point we should not meddle. And uh, it's it's a... It's an effective uh, monster movie. I I love it quite a bit. Uh, The Creature from the Black Lagoon, 1954. Go ahead and check out my review of it on thegibsonreview.com. That's a fun one. I will whiplash us back to 2020, The Uh, Invisible Man. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love this one. I think it's incredible. It stars one of my favorites, Elizabeth Moss and Aldous Hodge. I really like this film. They uh, take a little bit of a different look at, well, how do we make an invisible man relevantly terrifying? Mm. So when Cecilia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves her his fortune, with conditions, she suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia works to prove that she has been hunted by someone nobody can see the effects and the somewhat practicalities of this are fantastic Mm. and believable and i i love the ptsd that's being shown uh in this film i think that the team did a great job and yeah i can't say enough good things about this film if i recall correctly that was a movie that squeaked right in right before the pandemic and thus became like oh, one of the man. highest grossing movies of 2020. Well, we didn't see it in the theater. We didn't. We yeah. caught up with it later. But, okay. it, you know, it came out in the theaters, I think, squeaked in right before the pandemic. And it was it was an effective one yeah. uh, for sure. You know, it, the the original Claude Rains Universal Monster That's movie is, is really freaking good. But what was cool about Lee all the director's pitch, is, well, what if what if like we make the invisible man the the antagonist of the movie rather than the person we follow and uh that that was a really cool twist that as you said had a lot of thematic resonance yeah and i remember the episode that we did that was you know again a horror film near to my dear dear to my heart when we compared this one to gaslight right yes that was pretty fun look for that episode recommend that one my eighth favorite uh, i'm also going to jump forward quite a bit not as not as uh, recent as you but to 1996 and scream is my eighth favorite horror film uh, you had us rewatch this yeah, film. Yeah, I forgot about that. I'm really grateful that you did because it was a nice refresher uh, for me because it's been a few years since I've seen it. I was a big fan of the original trilogy. I have not watched any of the films since because I was really defense, very um, protective of the original trilogy and how that trilogy ended. And I, you know, I hear I don't need to be as much that these these movies have. Have actually justified themselves pretty well, and I, I maybe I'll check them out. But the original film, where it all started, it's really great. You, if you watch a new nightmare, Wes Craven's new nightmare, the final Nightmare on Elm Street film, you actually see seeds of Scream 
in that film. And it's really fascinating, especially since Wes Craven didn't write the script for Scream. Uh, Kevin Williamson did. But you see, like, the whole, like, being terrorized by phone calls with a creepy voice, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, several other things. Uh, you know, the meta commentary on horror films mm. is also a new nightmare. It's really kind of cool. It's great seeing Wes Craven come back to horror and really like show, hey, this is how you this is how it's done. And also comment on his primary genre of film. And uh, it's it's, you know, it's fantastic. I think it still holds up really well. I think, you know, it, it's getting to that point where you have to take things into consideration of its time, what it's set in interestingly enough but it is uh very cool i love it scream 1996 i am interested in watching uh at least the latest one because i th- i want to see if the the commentary stuff holds up mm. and it's almost like it's in a totally different time yeah because there's in the trailer you see the lock with the app like mm-hmm, no mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm do that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) anyway my next one we're gonna backlash again (laughs) whiplash back to 1956 invasion of the body snatches i like both of them both versions the other one's in like 78 or something yeah but i really like this one i thought it was very clever and it was really great to sort of illustrate this interesting concept of all conforming Mm-hmm. A small town doctor learns that the population is, uh, in his community is being replaced by emotionless alien duplicates. And it stars Kevin McCarthy and Dana Winter, Larry Gates and Ken Donovan. And it's directed by Don Siegel. And I just, I really liked it. It's black and white. They they are shooting golden age black and white style. So I'm perfectly happy in my little black and white world. My mom always says, why are you watching such old movies? And I'm like... I didn't come from you, did I? (laughs) I love you, but uh, clearly this was something I shaped for myself. (laughs) Mm. I'm happy for it. Anyway, it's a great film, Invasion of the Body Snatches. It was available for the longest time on HBO, but it's not available anymore. That sucks. My seventh favorite is from 1992, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Hey, that's my next one. Oh, really? Seriously? All right, go for it. Oh, that's so cool. I I never would have thought. So this is the one I was referencing when it comes to Interview with a Vampire, where Mm -hmm. Interview with a Vampire kind of feels tonally similar in terms of the vampire lore, the style, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, This is a much more sumptuous, visually sumptuous film, I would say, than Interview is. I think that there's a richness to how Interview is shot, but this film, like, Francis Ford Coppola, who directed the film, is really going for the visuals here, and there's some striking visuals he does with some overlays and some other stuff. Uh, it's, It's, to me, an absolutely gorgeous film, and having read the original Bram Stoker novel, I remember and I always thought this one to be one of the most faithful of... Uh, the adaptations and it's got an incredible cast you know most especially gary oldman as so great the count himself is just the transformation the makeup on on him is just extraordinary his his body language everything he does is fantastic winona Ryder is in it i love anthony hopkins as van helsing (laughs) one of the best van helsing since the original edward van sloan uh, Van Helsing, and then we have let's see, uh, who else? Oh, Renfield is played by Tom Waits. He's fantastic. He's almost as good as the original Renfield from the 1931 Dracula film. It's it's just I love this film. It's gory. It, it kind of modernizes it a little bit more, but it's fantastic. I've loved it ever since I saw it around the age of 12. So what what is it? You, I'm surprised. I what is it you love about this version of the Dracula story? Oh, it's definitely the visuals. When you said I zoned out for a little second. Really? When when you were talking about It's okay. The uh, the listeners zone out too. What what few listeners we have? <laughs> um so I zoned out for a second and I got confused cuz I knew you had said interview with a vampire previously and then you said you know a lovely descriptive word about the cinematography and i was like oh you're talking about bram stoker and then i realized you weren't and i was like i think you got it wrong because i feel like bram stoker is like it's really a visual masterpiece and i feel like this is like the coffee book you want Mm. to bring out 
when it's horror time, <laughs> horror season. Yeah. I love the performances. I love the story. And then uh, my brother and I, unfortunately, watched Dracula Dead and Loving It. And that is definitely a parody of this specific yes. uh, vampire film. And I like how people play with vampire lore. And, you know, this is fairly traditional, but it's done really well. And so it's it's great. I have never read the story, so I don't know uh, mm. all the things. But mm. I really liked, you know, the history of it. Like, what's the backstory? Yeah. Uh, how did Dracula get here? Blah blah blah. And oh yeah, the prologue. Yeah. Yeah. And I, f- I forget about that sometimes, but I think that that really makes the film as well, and it just really makes us empathize for this blood sucking creature. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, you know, no one is a, no one. It's very rare that someone's bad through and through. Mm. It's usually something that made it happen. And I know that you don't like it when we go back to villains and like sort of show them how they got there. But I think this one's done really well. Well, it's, really, it's on your list, so apparently it, it doesn't bother you. <laughs> no, what's really cool is it does it, it ta- speaks to the Vlad the Impaler, which actually yeah. is a historical figure, and you know how he was inspiration for the Dracula character, and and, and it's just it's it is so the so incredibly shot, and the costume design is just incredible too, even in that prologue. So yes, all right, so we love Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992. My sixth favorite, as we get halfway through this list, same era, different tone completely. 1990s Tremors. Oh, yeah. We rewatched this one recently. Right. Uh, you know, with my two concussions, I couldn't remember this one. Yeah, you didn't think you'd see it. I, I explained it to you. It's like, I find this movie incredibly unforgettable. And you're like, no, I don't remember. But uh, yeah, I attribute that to the concussions, absolutely. So you rewatched that one, uh, had us rewatch that one. And you know, I just think this movie is a blast. You got Kevin Bacon and you got Fred Ward, who have excellent chemistry. They are two guys who are trying to leave town. They're handymen, they do whatever. Uh, in town that needs to be done and they're like the hell with this let's get a better life they're about to leave town but they find themselves trapped when two actually four several of these underground creatures start terrorizing their tiny ass town it's a very tiny ass town yes it's like maybe at most 12 people yeah, I think, yeah, I want to say the population sign says like 14 or something, but it has Victor Wan in it and Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre. It is such a fun cast and it's a hilarious film and it's got one of the coolest creature designs, some of the uh, coolest uh, uh, filmmaking to really work with its budget and, and the restraints. And I've always just loved it. I loved it so much. It's a hilarious film. And I think it's one of the only movies that Kevin Bacon will watch of his as well, <laughs> which it says a lot. It says a lot. Is that because he can, like, poke fun of himself? Or I, what is the re- Do you know the you'd reason? You'd have to watch the special features, of which there's nine hours of which in my version um, of the Blu-ray. But, yeah, Tremors, 1990. That's my sixth favorite horror film. Jenna? What's your fifth? My fifth is The Shining, of course. Oh, I'm surprised it's not your number one favorite. I'm curious what the next four will be. <laughs> well, tell us about The Shining. What yeah, is your this favorite? is one of those iconic ones. Uh, the Elevator of Blood is is super iconic. I And this is also <laughs> so terrifying, but is one near and dear to my heart because I watched it with my brother. It was one of the first super scary iconic horror films that we watched together mm. uh, it stars jack nicholson shelley duvall danny lloyd scatman crothers and it's about a family and, and the concept is so weird to me too because south africa doesn't get snow i think there's one place that gets oh snow. yeah mm-hmm. and it's about this family that goes to hotel for the winter <laughs> And no, I guess no one can get up there because of the roads. Like right. There isn't good infrastructure because my head right now, living in PNW, I'm like, people, the, some people that I've met are obsessed with skiing. So right. why isn't this a ski resort in the winter? Like, I'm so confused. But I guess, you know, infrastructure, it just wasn't there or something. And uh, so this family heads over there. They're going to be like, he's going to be the caretaker. Yeah. For the the winter season. Mm -hmm. And 
A sinister presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future at this place. So a, a great sort of haunted hotel story. It's a Stephen King story. Mm-hmm. I don't think he liked the movie. If no. I remember correctly, no, uh, Stanley th- Kubrick did it. Yeah, he thought Nicholson was over the top for oh, what for the character that he wrote. I just loved it. Right. I was like, how would you not be over the top, though, in uh-huh. this situation? <laughs> so, yeah, that one is available on HBO, as it always has been. <laughs> yeah, and that actually falls, uh, that tracks with what you're saying about how you, you like horror movies that are about something, and that's a great film, great story about alcoholism, too. So, not a surprise, I know how much you love that film, not a surprise to see it on your list. Now, with my fifth favorite, we're starting to get into my 100 favorite movies of all time, and this is the first and one of the only movies on my list that's actually available to stream somewhere. Mm-hmm. It is 1986's Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah. See, like, that's... I also don't see that as horror, but it is. It is a musical horror comedy. It's a musical horror. Yes. It's a throwback (laughs) to... Well, it's a remake of a Roger Corman movie, first of all. That actually starred Jack Nicholson. Uh, But it got reshaped into something that is a little bit more of a throwback to 50s creature features and this one's an alien creature feature uh so to speak about an alien plant that that has a kind of a, a dopey geeky caretaker that he manipulates to help him kill people to, uh, to to help him grow and so they can take over the world audrey audrey 2 is the name of the plant the cast includes Rick Moranis, Steve Martin, Bill Murray, Christopher Guest, John Candy, and Jim Belushi. Uh, it's really cool cast. It, it is, yes. And I believe it was Frank Oz who directed it. Uh, Frank Oz, who worked with Jim Henson a lot, also the voice of uh, Yoda. And it it's it's got a great songbook that I absolutely love. And, you know, musicals were a hard genre for me to get into as a kid. And it was movies like Little Shop of Horrors that were my entry point Mm. into the genre. Because it was so, it wasn't Rodgers and Hammerstein. It was something weird and something different. And its songbook was very, like, 50s rock and roll inspired. And and uh, it, it's just something that I've always loved since I was a kid and thought it was really cool. Just a little bit edgy, a little bit dark, and and also got some dark humor in there as well. So Little Shop of Horrors from 1986 is my fifth favorite horror film. And my 82nd favorite movie of all time, apparently. You can find that article <laughs> in the Gibson Review. Something I forgot to mention about my previous uh, pick, The Shining, was the iconic soundtrack. Uh, this is the, the score. Yeah. Uh, this is the same case with my next pick uh, from 1975. So kind of varied here mm. with this list, I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to Wait, past I, lists. Okay. This one's from 1975. You can't have this one because it's on your ultimate it is? list. Okay, yeah. And so it is Jaws. I, I think I got to watch this for the... F- First, I knew where the music came from, and I've always been a John Williams fan, like since I was really little. But I, I knew not to watch this movie because we, I would get to go to the beach occasionally, and we did swim a lot. And you know, if we watched a scary shark movie, mm. we didn't want to swim mm-hmm. <laughs> for a little bit in the pool. So sure. you know, yeah. the psychology of it was just like too scary. But Jaws is about a killer shark coming to a small beach town community and uh, wreaking havoc. And this town is about to have their 4th of July summer event that brings in tons of tourist dollars, I guess, you know, that the the town really relies on. Right. And I just, I love the characters. There's a new sheriff and the the new sheriff is like, I don't think we should do it. And the... (laughs) You know, the uh, I think it's the mayor is mm-hmm. like, no, we should do it. And I'm like, yeah, hey, that doesn't look like a caricature. That looks like a real person. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know? Putting the um, economy above the uh, public's safety. safety mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just I love it. There's a lot of really awesome 
quotes. There's a lot of moments mm-hmm. that I forget about and then re-experience. So, yeah. And you just watched this recently with our son uh, on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I talked about that in the previous episode of The Movie Lovers. It was a great experience. Love that movie. Absolutely. Uh, it's a pleasant surprise to see it on your list. My fourth favorite horror film is, like I said, one of my 100 favorite movies of all time. This is my 75th favorite movie of all time. It's 2014's What We Do in the Shadows. This is my third (laughs) vampire film in the list. One of the best vampire films. Yes, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement uh, horror comedy. That basically takes a big brother approach to that in terms of the reality series approach to a, a, vamp, a group of vampires. Like, you know, what if we watched or filmed a group of vampires who were flatmates? And <laughs> and uh, what would that in, be? In New Zealand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I forget that. Yes. Yes. I believe that's accurate. Yes. And, you know, it's great because it plays with various different archetypes of the vampire uh, from film history. And it's just it it is so incredibly smart with its humor. It's so witty and hilarious. It's it's just great. One one of the things I say about it is like like the best comedies. One resorts to naming their favorite funny parts, and that's essentially what happens whenever I talk beyond the film's concept. So I'm trying to avoid doing that because it is absolutely one of my favorite comedies of the past, I don't know, 10, 20 years. It's just so great. Yes. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows from 2014 is my fourth favorite horror film. I wanted us to watch some horror films with our son this week, but Mm. I think he needs comedy, and so maybe we need to show him this one. Yeah, yeah, that's a great pick. My next one is Cabin in the Woods. Excellent. Five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for, discovering the truth behind what the cabin in the woods is. I love this film. I the the concept is really unique and it plays with horror archetypes and pokes fun at it, but also makes it scary at the same time. It's not all laughs, but it's super interesting. It stars Kristen Donnelly, Chris Hemsworth, Anna Hutchinson, Fran Fran Krantz, which I I do love him, and Jesse Williams, I love him too. Richard Jenkins, Bradley Whitford, again, Brian White, uh, and there are several others in there too that make wonderful appearances. It's also a bit of a spoiler-heavy film. I stop we want to make sure i stop talking and <laughs> you just trust me and go watch it uh yeah it's a really great film yeah it is definitely one that relies on and counts on i should say your familiarity with with certain horror milestones essentially certain certain horror films and like i i i definitely recommend people be familiar with the evil dead at the very least before they see cabin in the woods to fully to fully appreciate it. But it's a great film. It's a brilliant film. I love that one too. That's a great pick. My third favorite is from 1987. It is the only other movie on my list that is available to stream. It's a, it's a available to stream on Hulu. Ooh, I think I know what it is. It is Predator. It's not what I thought it was. <laughs> That's a really great pick, actually. I forgot about that one. Now, some people might think of this as more of like a sci-fi action film, but it is considered a sci-fi horror film because it does follow a certain kind of uh, slasher beats in the sense that you have a group of people and they have some sort of a mysterious force or some sort of a, a dangerous presence that's near them and they're getting bumped off one by one. And I think it is also one of the coolest and most creative creature designs of the 80s or of all of film history. In all honesty, it's very iconic. And it's just there's a lot in that design that is there's nothing basic about it. And I, and I just really love that. And I think that it's also just really well plotted, really smart. I love this whole idea of, you know, you got this era of guys who love m- movies, you know, kind of 
thing, you know, and, and with these big muscles and, you know, the, that's what the action genre was back in the day. And you have them just being completely shish kebobbed left and right, you know, and, and not, not able to get a bullet in or. Right. And someone like, like someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's the icon and, the, you know, the one of the biggest of that era. I mean, like the movie literally shows off his biceps and stuff, and he has to use more than his biceps to figure out how to survive. And so, anyway, I love Predator. It, it's something that has definitely lasted. Uh, you know, it's got a legacy, and it's getting more and more good films in that legacy. And it's a John McTiernan film, and he's one of my favorite directors. So that is my fourth, or sorry, third favorite horror film. I have to say, uh, in that franchise, I definitely prefer Prey. I should have considered that because I guess it would also count because there's also a real life horror to it. Mm, mm, mm-hmm, element mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. I really love that one. Yeah. Anyway, my number two is also available on Hulu. It is Let the Right One In from 2008. Oh, love 2008. Yeah. Eight. So. <laughs> Why do you keep emphasizing that? Because <laughs> there's more than one out there. Oh, uh, well, that one's called Let Me In. Well, you know, I'm yeah. saying what I'm saying. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oscar, an overlooked and bullied boy, finds love and revenge through Eli, a beautiful but peculiar girl. Mm-hmm. Absolutely beautiful film. Fascinating. Uh, I won't say anything else because, again, spoiler. Spoiler horror film. <laughs> horror films are pretty spoilery. Often. Uh, yes. And, uh, and it's also based on a novel, which is a, a celebrated novel. And, uh, yeah, that's a great film. That was a great pick. We're huge champions of that film. And it's a movie that I feel like cinephiles needed to champion for a while in order for mm. it to get some traction. Because uh, it was a foreign film. It's a little art housey. And it's, it's not. It's beautiful. The palette is gorgeous. The cinematography is fantastic. The story is pristine. Yeah, but it's not necessarily mainstreaming. You know what was mainstreaming yeah. around that time? Twilight. Twilight. You know, oh, so. Dear. God. So you know, it really needed that championing, and uh, I'm so glad that you're still you're still championing that film. That's awesome. That's your second favorite horror film of all time. Yeah. That's rad. My second favorite horror film is also one that you may not have thought of, but it definitely falls on the horror genre, as it involves all of the Universal monster movies. It is <laughs> 1987's <laughs> The Monster Squad. <laughs> This is basically <laughs> what if the Goonies, but with Universal Monsters. Okay. And it is so cool. And I loved it when I was in grade school. This was one of my first PG-13 movies. My mom was absolutely convinced I was not going to be able to watch the whole thing. That I'd be too scared. I'd run out of the room or whatever. She was a little protective. Uh, but I absolutely just ate it up. I mean, it was, it was the coolest thing. It's got some of the best werewolf transformations in film history it's got some some cool ideas with what what could be done with a werewolf in it and i think also one of the best uh draculas too uh, not a gary oldman level of dracula but in terms of uh the straightforward traditional dracula you know definitely one of the best ones actually i think and greatly underrated I think it's so fun. It's so cool as the kids take on these monsters. It's just everything you could possibly want as a kid growing up in the 80s. And I I absolutely love it. So it's my second favorite, technically, because it is among my 100 favorite movies of all time. It's number 57. I recommend hunting it down if you haven't. If you're too young for the Monster Squad <laughs> uh, when it came out, uh, check it out now. And the reason I laughed so much is because, of course, that's on your list. Of course. <laughs> it's like, it's um, very near and dear to your heart. Okay, so let me guess. Is, yeah. is your favorite horror film of mm-hmm. all time mm-hmm. Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein? God damn it. That's one that I forgot. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, I'm so pissed. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so peeved. That would have been on the list somewhere. Yeah. I'm shocked <laughs> it's not. For sure it would have been there. Because I remember reminding you of it when we were preparing Yeah, and for I was this. about to write it, but then you asked me a question and I got distracted. And, uh, okay. <laughs> that is a favorite. And we just watched a Tiny Toons cartoon that references it. So, yeah. 
So okay, okay want to try again? I, no, I there's no way in hell if it's not the okay. shining. I have no idea what it well, is. Well, because what's better than comedy? It's crime horror. Oh, so, what is that? It's Silence of the Lambs. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, I watched this at a decent age. I watched it at 16, and I thought it was fascinating and. It's a young FBI cadet played by Jodie Foster must receive the help of an incarcerated and manipulative cannibal killer to help catch another serial killer. Uh, that The cannibal is played by Anthony Hopkins. And then we've got Anthony Heald. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Another great one is who's Buffalo Bill? I'm not finding oh, him. Oh, um, I think you passed him. Uh, oh. I forget his name. Oh, Ted, Ted Levine, who's in Monk, who I I adore watching him right, in that role right. because obviously it's the complete opposite. Yes, yes. Um, but I, I love this film because it, all of it is somewhat real, you know? there's All the elements are real. Mm, uh, there's mm. a lot of fucked up sexism in, in certain industries uh, that Jodie Foster has to, has to navigate. Uh, and she's brilliant and she has to deal with all these condescending fools. And then, uh, you know, Buffalo Bill, who is definitely, you know, something that somewhat exists out there. Uh, and uh, there's a lot in this film and I love it. It's available on Criterion. And then as far as streaming goes, it is available on Prime right now. And I think that that's a really like if you, if you like crime film, if you like horror, if you haven't seen this one, I think you should go watch it. All right, let's take a gander, uh, a guess at what your favorite horror could be. It would have been Jaws, but right. you can't have that. Right, so. right, right. And you haven't seen what it is yet. No, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, I am just drawing a blank. I don't know what it could be. There's a lot of things it possibly could be, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it is, as it turns out, my 29th favorite film of all time. It's from 2004. It is Edgar Wright's Shaun of the Dead. Okay. All right, here's the thing. (laughs) I really didn't think that you would have this many horror comedies on your list, and I really did not think you would have that as your number one. Obviously, technically, it's Jaws. But this is your number one? I mean, it is weird, wow. right? It is weird when you when okay, you are we're watching this tonight. When you're deciding on like your absolute favorite of a particular genre or something, sometimes it could be like, "Wow, really? Is that it?" You know, that's that's interesting, and and I kind of felt a twinge of that with with this, but I I love Shaun of the Dead. I think it's still. Edgar Wright's best film, and and this is a guy who's made a a pretty pretty consistent career since. Uh, there's only a couple films I would say are, are far below this that he's made, but this is a great not only a love letter to the George A. Romero movies, but it's it's a movie that's a com- that also serves to be a comedy that uses the zombie genre as a commentary on something. But it's also a love story. It's it's famously referred to as the Zom Rom Com, you know, and and I love that, and I love the the cast in it, you know, absolutely. Uh, it's just a really great ensemble with a couple great leads in there, great bromance in there. It's funny as heck. It was one of the first movies with Bill Nighy that I had seen, and and love him. And uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a, a great film. I just uh, it's hilarious, and there's not a lot more I can say about it other than what I wrote on the GibsonReview.com under my hundred favorite movies of all time list. So you can check that out too. So yes, that is my favorite horror movie aside from Jaws. But Shannon, what were some of the movies that you really wrestled with? That didn't quite make it on your list. Well, apparently, I thought I was doing swimmingly, and I suck at this. So, you know, things that didn't make the list are, are, are like Misery is pretty fun to watch. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's painful, but it's enjoyable. You know, so some of these films, like I I don't miss like Men is a good 
horror film. I don't want to watch it over and over. Okay, let's not go there. <laughs> I don't want to watch it over and over again when I, I live, have lived through some of it before. Mm. I feel really badly that I didn't have Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And I, I like some of the films that you had mentioned that I forgot about, like mm. What We Do in the Shadows. I love that film. I think it's fantastic. I, it's so unique. It's so Taika Waititi. Mm. And the list that I had talked about really is gone. <laughs> I Man. don't know what happened to it. I'm very upset about it because I was pretty proud of what I had on there. Uh, so the only thing that I have left is, you know, Misery, Dr. Sleep, Carrie, both of them I like. Mm. Uh, so I find... When you say, just to be mm. clear, because a lot of people wouldn't expect this. Okay. When you say Carrie, you're not, you're actually not talking about the Brian De Palma classic film from 1976. You're talking about the 2010-ish Aren't you remake. talking about 2013? 2013. So I like the 2013 remake a little bit more, but mm. I think it's important to watch both so mm. that you have something to compare. Mm. Uh, I think I think that that's a fun project in itself. Mm. I, I I don't know if The Mummy with Brendan Fraser counts, but, you know. Yeah. I, it is a horror... I mean, it's, it's, it's a universal um, yeah. monster movie, technically. It is definitely more on the action side of things, the dashing hero kind of side of things. It's been a long time since I've seen it, so I can't speak too much to it. But yeah. yeah. Scream did kind of try to squeak back on the list. Uh, Tremors is fine. I Both of those movies, when we yeah. watched it, I asked you, is it going to make you a list? And you're like, mm, I don't think so, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really wish I had the 25 movie list somewhere. Yeah, well, let me go through yeah, mine. Go Maybe some of these were what you I'll just had. say, like, yes or no. Yeah, sure. So the ones that almost made the number 12 spot for me, that I was yeah. really wrestling with. From Dust Till Dawn by mm-hmm. Robert Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Anna and the Apocalypse, the the musical zombie teen holiday comedy. <laughs> uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, I forgot about that. That would have made my list. The Others with uh, yes, I Nicole love that Kidman. one. Uh, you mentioned Psycho. John Carpenter's The Thing. No. I love that sci-fi horror film. Also sci-fi horror, A Quiet Place. Yeah, that should have made my list. You mentioned The Light and Let the Right One In. I considered that. The Rain, not something nope. that would ever be considered by you. Experiencing its 20th anniversary on the day of we're recording, by the way. Why makes, did you have to mention that? Makes me feel old. I don't want to know about that. <laughs> love Naomi Watts in that movie. Uh, the Cabin in the Woods, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. The Blair Witch Project is the only other movie that scared the shit out of me. That me too. It didn't quite make my list, but I do love it. It is definitely a favorite. Going Stephen King route, The Mist. Yeah, that's a very well-made film, yeah. The, also a masterpiece, The Conjuring by James Wan. Not going to touch that. Uh, you mentioned Abbott and <laughs> Costello meet Frankenstein. A Nightmare on Elm Street and A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream okay. Warriors. I recently did an article on the Nightmare on Elm Street series, reviewed every single one. And those two are definitely my favorites of the series. And when I first started this list, I was like, oh, surely one of those is going to make my list. Didn't come close, unfortunately. Again, with Stephen King, Pet Cemetery. I love the original Pet Cemetery. Uh, Gremlins 2, the new batch. Again, horror comedy. I'm, I'm sure you would have mm, leaned more towards probably, the original. Yeah, the original for me, for sure. Uh, you mentioned Invasion of the Spy, Body Snatchers. And then two more for me, Zombieland. And Freddy versus Jason. So those are all the horror films that were wrestling for a slot on my list. Was there anything else I, I reminded you of? Yeah, I responded as we went. I, I can't think of anything beyond this, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean... That's all right. You've got a good list there. That's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> but what about you? What are your favorite horror films? Why don't you let us know? Email us at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this Halloween episode. I think one of our few actual Halloween episodes we've ever done, as a matter of fact. Before we talk about what's going to happen in the next episode of The Movie Lovers... Shannon, why don't you share where people can find you online? You can find me on Instagram at Shanna Paxton Photography and on Flickchart Spellbinding A. Jeff, 
Where are the many areas that people can find you? Well, I think right now the primary thing is to go to GibsonReview.com. we got a lot going on there. We have an article that I just mentioned reviews all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. It's a perfect article to read through in this Halloween season. And also we got other episodes of the Movie Lovers on there. You will find there those there, if not on your favorite podcatcher. Go follow on... Uh, social media, facebook.com slash the Gibson Review, but also primarily, especially on Instagram, much more prolific on there, the Gibson 99. We just did a bracket poll. At the time of recording, we finished our, uh, I should say, your favorite documentary in honor of our last uh, docu- our, our last film faves episode. Finally def- discovered after five rounds and three tiebreaker matches, your favorite documentary is Won't You Be My Neighbor about Fred Rogers. Very cool. Pretty soon there, we will be doing your favorite horror movie, spinning off of this episode. I think that'll be a big one, and it'll be an interesting one for sure. So feel free to go to the Gibson 99 to participate in that. Okay, so next episode of The Movie Lovers, we're going to start a new three episode arc with the week in review i don't know what all we're going to discuss in that episode but i do know that we will be catching up with two marvel projects she hulk attorney at law just finished up at the time of recording and also werewolf by night dropped not long ago we'll be definitely talking about that and more expect that episode on tuesday november 1st until then keep loving the movies This is Jeff and Shanna saying... Bye-bye. I'm Shanna Paxton. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I'm playful today. (laughs) Yeah, you made me jump. But does it sound good? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) You should keep it as an outtake.